This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome. Ah, Papa Top. Sorry for my ASMR listeners if uh, that sent chills down your spine. But I'm popping the top. Popping the top. I need it. I need it. How did this get tangled up? How do cords get tangled up? I don't understand it. I don't understand. Let me unplug this real quick. Sorry. Back in. Like, I don't understand the science behind it. Like, if I put, if I, when I had my old AirPods with wires in it, like some fucking poor person, when I stuffed the, uh, those old wires in my pocket i I turn them out and they're like how does that happen why did it get all tangled i put them in straight what the fuck my headphone cord right here was tangled out anyway welcome to mma podcast this is the pick'em podcast listen i'm sorry we're not on video um kind of a late edition my wife's work's been kind of bounced around this week she was work today i was gonna record tomorrow yada yada so i had to kind of jamming in i told you on the last podcast this 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 fight card was chinese to me I, I fucking grinded it out. I grinded it down. My confidence level's at about a six, maybe a seven. Um, I, I've put in the work. I've looked up the fights, and, and but they're just tough matchups. They really are, and, and I don't want to be a square, so you know we'll, we'll break everything down. But before we do that, I got a couple little things to talk about. First things first, I want to get this out of the way because it's on the. I have it written down here. And it's on the top of my mind. No one cares, but I'm a crazy person. Okay, the microphone you're listening to right now. I'm returning. I'm returning it. I, I bought a new one already. Um, so since I started the podcast, it's been almost three years since I started the podcast, which is pretty crazy. Thank you for everyone listening. I've had, well, okay. So I started off with a bullshit mic. Then I got a little bit better of a mic. And then I, no, no, no. So excuse me, I had a bullshit mic. Then I got to share SM7B. Sorry, this is all going to be gibberish. Joe Rogan microphone. Love that. Had that forever. But then when I really start becoming an audiophile, I don't know if I sounded great on my voice. And then I went to a different microphone, back to the SM7B, and then replaced that with another one. Of this. So, I mean, whatever. Listen, I'm a fucking, I'm a crazy person. So, I, I, I think I found the one that's going to sound good on my voice. I've done the proper research. So, but the, the issue is, is when I listen, I don't listen to the podcast back all that much, especially when it's just me talking, because who gives a shit? Um, but you can hear the handling right and i have such poor mic technique that i'm constantly raising and lowering this and grabbing the mic and moving it and shit and i need a mic to be able to fucking reject that and this microphone as great as it is very expensive sounds pretty good i i I, it's very bright i don't hate hate it on my voice but um i gotta return it i gotta return i got i got a new one um you know and, and and another thing too is spending a lot of money on a microphone like not many people out in this world that listen to this podcast can probably tell the difference between any of them. I'm one of them. It's not like I went out and got a shitbox microphone. I got a very good microphone for a company I absolutely love. Microphone I never used before, so I could be saying this in like two, three weeks that I don't like it because I'm an idiot. But the handling, this whole, you know what I mean? Like that, I need a, like the Shure SM7B rejected all that, right? I need that to reject. This is too sensitive. Anyway. What is more important is July 10th, Connor, Dustin, sign, Vegas is open, and your boy is going. That's right. I am headed there. Will I get tickets? I'm going to try. I'm going to fucking try. I tell you that much right now. I'm definitely going to try to get some tickets. Uh, to see Connor McGregor live has is, is been a um, bucket list item for me. 
Um, I saw Izzy live in Vegas, or excuse me, in Atlanta. It was absolutely incredible. I never got to see BJ Penn live. I, I don't know if I really had an opportunity to. I probably didn't have enough money to ever do it. Um, back when he was in his prime, and I was, uh, you know, I was, I was, you know, he was my guy. But uh, seeing Izzy fight live and fight of the year against Kevin Gaslam, like, it just made me want to see Connor. There was an opportunity for me to drive to Boston and see Connor versus uh, Seaver. My my wife and I, we weren't <clears throat> married yet, but we had discussed driving up to Boston because Boston seems like a cool city. And um, but that never materialized. And then again, getting Connor McGregor tickets are fucking tough. I, they're selling him on axis.com, A-X-A-X-S.com, which is strange to me. Uh, I guess that's a partnership. Maybe they can handle the tickets better than someone else. Um, the pre-sale for like the Fight Club members go on sale tomorrow at like noon. And then the newsletter guys, they get it tomorrow at 5. And then uh, and then general tickets are on Friday. Now, it's going to be fifteen to 20,000 people in the T-Mobile full arena that is usually international fight week i'm not sure if they're doing that anymore because of COVID, but i do think that's there's gonna be a lot of fighters in town there's gonna be a lot of people in town it's a connor show it's a big deal but i love vegas i love the vibe of the city i've never been in the summer the dead of the summer like that but uh i'm excited to go buddy at work <clears throat> trying to get a couple people to go with me uh timbo's going the week before so i doubt he's gonna turn right back around and go to vegas um and then christian doesn't like vegas he said ah done with that place fuck that place so he's not in uh buddy at works in and maybe uh <clears throat> my my good friend that i grew up with watching the fights with maybe he's in as well um <laughs> fuck. sorry but this guy at work is just a complete fucking gamoosh um so that's it i'm i i plan on going it, it, even if i get tickets or not i, I think i'm gonna go because Daddy needs Vegas. I need to go. It's been a long time since I went. Um, some of these fucking sports books looks absolutely incredible. Uh, I I would love just to go and sit on those couches and, and just gamble. Um, that's I mean that's the goal, right? And I mean in that that it'd be it, obviously I'll I'll do that pre-fight. I'll go and on like the Friday before the fights and I'll go place my bets at these places. But if I don't get tickets, being able to watch the fights there, just place placing live wagering. Right then and there on fights is also a fucking dream. Like that's a win. Uh, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm fully excited, uh, ready to fucking go. Looking at flights right now. Uh, again, it's just depending on the tickets. But you know, the more I think, I think about it. Like, yes, I want to see Conor McGregor fight live. That looks awesome. But honestly, not if we don't get tickets or if they're absolutely insane, like thousand, two thousand bucks or whatever they're gonna balloon up to. Might not be the worst thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, again, this is the pick on podcast. I know I'm kind of going on different avenues here. Two more things here. Sugar Sean O'Malley. So, I'm not a TikTok guy. But I've been catching some of his TikToks, right? And uh, they're absolutely... Um, they're funny, right? The guy has a pretty good sense of humor about himself. He did this one where it's like, hey, you want to spar, bro? Yeah, real life. Real life shit. Real life shit. And he was talking to like one of those... Like punch, we call them the punch bobs. Um, yeah, like head gear on, and he just fucking lays it out. Very, very funny. So Aljamain Sterling is getting surgery, you know, and kind of bad timing, if you ask me. A lot of heat on him right now. Apparently, it's a surgery. According to Ray Longo, it's something that Ray tried to ask him to push, and apparently, he just couldn't do it. And um, so now Petrion is, and I think Aljo might get stripped. 
listen, he won the title in bullshit circumstances, kind of, right? I mean, out. I mean, Petrion threw the illegal knee. I get it. Aljo was getting dominated. Wasn't going to win that fight. Um, and everyone's calling him an actor. I've accused him of really kind of milking it as well. Now he's got this next surgery that I think is only going to be three or six months. But when Wyman had it, Wyman was out for a hell of a lot longer. They're talking about October. Petrion's ready to go. I don't think he can hold up this division. 135 is a fucking hot division. We got guys in that division coming up. And I just don't think you can hold that division up. Anyway, Sean O'Malley, who clearly does not deserve to fight Petrion. I'm not saying that, but this is a very funny tweet. He said, hey, Petrion, what are you doing in July, brother? Want to beat me up while you wait for your rematch? Really, really good tweet at the champ, right? Get your name out there. Shoot your shot. Why not? And then the funny one was Petrion says, are you high again, Sean? Which, of course, he is, right? And he spelled his name all weird. And... uh this is a, this is funny. Like you can dislike Sean O'Malley all you want. This is a good clapback. Yes, bud. Higher than you on your tippy toes. Just JK. No short jokes. Henry, Henry Samuda. Henry Cejudo might get mad. Are you really five four though? That's fire. That is funny as shit. I know I'm a Sean guy. Um, that's really funny though. And uh, and then the last thing I want to do, and I and I again, I didn't get put on video. I don't have much time. I'm kind of just recording on the fly here uh, while my wife's giving the the kids bass and whatnot. And, and anyway. Um, shut the fuck up, Tony Ferguson. This guy is so obnoxious. So he's making excuses for his last performance. I had five days of training jujitsu, whatever. You've been training jujitsu your whole life, dude. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He made excuses after the gauge he lost. Oh, I was training for a wrestler, not a striker. That's why I lost, right? And then I only got to train five days of jiu-jitsu against uh, Oliveira because of COVID. I didn't have my team with me, whatever like that. You still perform like shit. Now he's saying he's gonna, he, he's the only one that Khabib's going to come out of retirement for. It's like, I'm so sick of this guy. You know how everyone's against Masvidal now because he kind of aligned himself with Trump and a lot of people on Twitter and, and people are kind of sick of him that, you know, they don't think he's as popular as he once was, yada, yada, yada. I feel that way about fucking Tony Ferguson. I want this guy to shut the fuck up. Like, he's delusional on all top of delusional. I understand this guy's crazy, but I didn't realize he was this fucking crazy. Like, have a little bit of self-awareness. Have a little bit of self-control. The things you are saying is absolutely fucking ridiculous, and I can't get behind it, and I think that guy just needs to shut the fuck up. That's 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 it. All right, fight time. Let's go. Tony Gravely, 20 and 6, minus 320 favorite. Got these lines, by the way, from um there's my daughter. See, this microphone picks up everything. My daughter's hollering in the background. Tony Gravely got these lines from FanDuel, minus 320 versus Anthony Burchek, plus 245. I really looked hard on the underdog here on Burchek because he is a good grappler. He's been around for a while, but when I dug in deep, Tony Gravely is just the better fighter, the better grappler, in my opinion. I think he's a little bit bigger than Burchek. I think he's going to dictate this pace. I think he's going to outgrapple Burchek. I think it's going to be a dogfight. Definitely going to go to a decision. Uh, no finishes here. I don't see. I mean, unless Gravely can maybe get something, but I really think um, Gravely is just going to outwork him, outgrind him. Um, and he, he's got some good wins over some good people on his record. Gravely does. Hasn't performed all that well in the UFC. Anthony Burchek was in the UFC before, got cut. Now he's back. Um, yeah, I like I like Gravely in this. I hate the line at minus 320. If you can get a prop, which I haven't looked at props yet, I am going to do a prop show on Friday. If you look at the props, you can get fight goes to the decision at better than minus 320. I think that's your play because um, I just don't like Gravely this high at minus 320. I think this is a fairly even fight. Gravely 
and Burchek are similar fighters, and I and I like Gravely a little bit better on the skill, so um, I, I just don't like the number. All right, next up, you got Austin Hubbard minus one seventy five versus Dakota Bush, five and two, eight and two. I can't see it. He is a plus one fifty. Um, so the, Hubbard was supposed to fight. Let me find it here. Let me find it here. Uh, Natan Levy, right, the guy from the Alpha Fighter, the the Jewish gentleman, I believe, right. Jewish guy from from Israel, one of the very few fighters from Israel. I, I can't imagine as a yeah, Senegal MMA trains out of Vegas, but I believe he's from Israel. Yeah, <clears throat> so uh, Dakota Bush stepping up on short notice. Dakota Bush, a guy I went and watched fight. Okay, first off, his nickname's Harry. The UFC's got to put a stop to that. Listen, I'm all for a fucking uh, a Harry Bush joke, a pussy joke, a, a fucking cock and balls joke. I'm all for it. Okay, I say him every day of the week, but <laughs> when you're in the UFC. And your Dakota Harry Bush, I think the UFC's probably got to step in on that. I don't know if they will. If they'll say you can't, we can't say that. You know, like I believe Chad Mendez's old nickname was Money Shot. Chad Money Shot Mendez. Obviously, the Money Shots when he blasts on someone's face. So I think they're gonna have to change it. But I looked up this guy. This guy's got some really good good skills. His only two losses are by decision in the LFA against some solid solid competition. Jalel Willis and Bryce Logan. Um, his last fight though against Austin Clem, he won by knockout very early, first round knockout I believe, in under under a minute. And he looked really good. He's got a karate stance to him, and uh, he's got a lot of submissions on his record as well. So he seems pretty well rounded. I looked up. As much tape as I could. The most recent fight was the Clem fight where he knocked him out in a minute. He looked really good. He looked powerful. He looked strong. And then all the other fights were like four or five years ago, which I don't love watching because that was that's a different fighter. But he does have some good wins on his record. I looked up his Instagram, and he's training with – he's from Missouri, so I don't know if he is a Krause guy. I'd imagine if you're Missouri, you would have to go there. I know Missouri's a, a bigger state, but you'd probably make the travel because Krause is hot right now. But he was training with – Bryce Mitchell down in Arkansas. He looks like a hunter. Um, so this kid, this kid's hot a little bit in the streets right now, as the kids say. I don't know if kids say that. I'm old. But he's fighting Austin Hubbard, a guy who's durable as shit, who, who I've been on the wrong side of quite a bit. I bet him his last time out where he got choked out by Selecki. Before that, he obviously embarrassed Max Rokoff. This guy likes to come in there and fight young talent. He doesn't mind short notice fights. Dakota Bush, a young, talented guy. Not a lot of people know about. He's 26, I believe. And, uh, you know, fought in the LFA. He's got some good wins in the LFA. That's a great organization. Coming in, fighting Austin Hubbard, who's a staple at this 155-pound division. Almost, He's definitely a gatekeeper. He's like the gatekeeper before the gatekeeper. You know what I mean? He's like the little mini gate you go through to get to the real gate. Um, but I like Dakota Bush here. You know, Austin Hubbard's a tough, durable dude, but... You know, has shown some sometimes he can get submitted. His wrestling's pretty good. His stand-up's not great. His stand-up is very, very pushy. If Dakota Bush is in shape, I think he can give Hubbard some problems on the feet. I don't know if he can finish it. If it's going to be a finish, it's probably going to be on the ground by Dakota Bush. Austin Hubbard, a very talented fighter himself, but I like Dakota Bush. Pushing this, pushing, oh, I almost said pushing. Pushing this pace is, okay, so an elevation, okay. I thought for a second there, I thought Hubbard was at a, Krause's, but he's at team elevation. Okay, so I like Dakota Bush. And what I'm doing here is since I have another mortal lock that I really like, but it's a little weaker, it just turned to a plus, and I'm a giving guy. I'm not a guy that's just going to give you bullshit. So this is going to be my half mortal underdog lock. Be a dog. You're just going to get a little bit of that. I'll play the rest of it when we go to the other guy, but you're just getting a little bit. He's a be a dog. Going to Dakota Bush as a dog play, plus 150. I like it. I'm a straight guy now, guys. I'm a straight wager guy now. Everyone knows that. I'm not, I'm not fucking with parlays. 
So this is a guy I think you got to take in a fucking straight up, straight up play right here, minus one fi- or plus one fifty. Um, powerful dude and, and a young guy, so I like it. All right, next up, Saravian versus uh, Josian Nuez, plus one sixteen for Fair uh, for Z- Farum, Excuse me. Yeah, Farum. And uh, Nunez is a minus 142. This fight absolutely stinks. This doesn't even get the honor of a bowl of spaghetti fight. Both these broads should not be in the UFC. There, I said it. Farum's been in a little bit already. Nunez, I believe, making her debut. Nunez does have some knockouts on her record. Um, sloppy, albeit, but there's some knockouts. She's a Brazilian bad little bitch at 7 and 1. I'm going Nunez. I don't want to talk about this fight longer than I have to. Um, yeah, I'm going Nunez. This doesn't even get the honor of Bowl of Spaghetti. This is such a shit fight. Bowl of Turd fight is what I'm going to call this. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say about that fight. Right, Jared Merskart, 31 and 14, plus 116 underdog versus Bartos Fabinski, 15 and 4, minus 142 favorite. I've been back and forth on this fight. Jared Merskart's a guy who I have been wrong on so many times. I have so many fighters I just can't get right. He's one of them. One minute, I think, you know, he's going to get knocked out by Duran Wynn. He hurts Duran Wynn, chokes him out. Other minute, I think he's going to give Chimaev a decent fight on the ground. He gets knocked out with one punch. He's been chinny. He's fought a million times. I mean, 34 and 14. He's, you know, 45 fights. This will be his 46th fight. Um, Bartosz Fabinski's a boring-ass dude. This guy just is a grinder to all grinders, and he's just not exciting and he loses fights that he, you know, it's it's just a slop fest, right? It's it's hard to describe his fighting style. Like he's a grappler, but he can strike a little bit. It's just I, I I'm surprised he's in the UFC. He has a good record because he's very awkward to fight. But I, I just really don't can't make heads or tails of this fight. I'm good to go Fabinski simply for the fact that I can't get Merskar right. I'm on the opposite side of him, so that should probably tell you that if you're listening, go Gerald, go GM three because I can't get him right. So I'm actually helping you there. If I pick Merskart, then fade him. But I'm going against him, so maybe ride him a little bit. Fabinski, though, he's just that awkward style. I just don't see what Jaron Merskart has right now. He's getting older. He's getting chinny. Um, he's, I don't think he's going to get stopped by Fabinski. I mean, unless Fabinski's like shooting up steroids and all of a sudden becomes out of beast. I just don't love his style. I don't really love his uh, any of his fights, really. He's got some decent wins on his record. You know, he's, he's, he's beaten um, Darren Stewart w- during COVID. He fought in Cage Warriors or Cage Fury or whatever the fuck out there in England. He has, has a win over Stewart, so not a bad win. But I just I just don't love his style. All right, next up, Jessica Penne versus Lupita Gunnaz. Gunnaz? Penne's been out for a while. Penne Pasta, right? She's very al dente. She's been... She's been out a while. When's her last fight? Did she get suspended or something? 2017 against Daniel Taylor. She's losing, lost three fights in a row. Hasn't won a fight since uh, 14 December uh, 2014, seven years ago. Supposed to fight Jody Espool twice, Hannah Goldie twice, and now she's getting Lupa Godinez. Um, she's a big underdog. She's a, I didn't even say that. Plus 235 against Godinez. She's a minus 300. Godinez, uh, she's from Combate. very, uh, you know, she kind of looks like Tracy Cortez a little bit. I, 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 she's from Canada, born in Mexico, trains out of Canada, which you don't see often, which I kind of like. That's kind of cool. I mean, they just said fuck America. Let's go straight up to Canada, baby. Um, and she's got all of her wins by a decision except one. She has fought in Combatas, obviously, uh, once, and then the Alfa her last fight, five, five and two against Vanessa de Milopoulos, who we've seen before. Um, solid girl. Seems like a a, a a girl that's not a finisher here. She's going against Penne. Listen, it everything's telling you to pick Penne here at plus two thirty five because I think she's the more experienced fighter. I think she's talented. She's been out for so long. She hasn't won in seven years. Like this Lupita girl, young, tough, hungry, seems pretty durable, seems scrappy. 
I'm going to go a little pizza here. I'm going to go against all my instincts. All my betting instincts tells me to take Penny here. I plus 235. It's an interesting number against a vet, a girl I believe. I mean, Joanna fucked her nose up, but she's been out for so long. I just, I just don't know what she has anymore. And Lupita is is five and zero undefeated. She doesn't know what it's like to lose. She's coming in there and she's she's hunting. She's hunting, baby. And I, I'm gonna go Lupita, even though she's very steep. Um, I don't like a finish here. And if the finish is something crazy, I, again, I don't have the props in front of me. If the finish is like plus anything over two fifty, I'm gonna probably hit Lupita, even though she's not a finisher. I feel like there's something vibing or something going on in my gut right now telling me that like jessica penne is gonna get gonna get worked a little bit in this fight that's why i'm not touching the 235 even though it is a good number um yeah i'm gonna get a little pizza i could be off on this fight though i don't i don't know if i have a great read on it but my, my gut's telling me little pizza's gonna go out and, and fuck penne up and possibly stop her with tkl or, or maybe even a cut or something like that just just put her out there all right a fight that i can't believe it's on the prelims but alexander romanoff the fucking hammer this guy minus 154. He's fighting Juan Esposito. Handsome fucking El Guapo, this motherfucker. 10 and 1 plus 126. Uh, first off, you hammer this prop. I think it's in the 300s. I looked this up the other day. I, I they did have the prop out on FanDuel. I believe it's in the 300s. This fight's not going to the distance. I think you could max bet that. Neither of these guys are going to go to the decision. I'll tell you that right now. And they both are very carbon copies of each other. Um, it's really going to go, it's going to matter who fucking gets the takedown, right? Romanov's a big, strong fucking Russian who's fought some solid dudes who literally choked out, um, fuck, what's his name? The, the fucking big Brazilian son of a bitch. Um, yeah, Delima. He choked out Delima with just a forearm. This dude is fucking a savage. Juan Esposito, this son of a bitch won the ultimate fighter. He's older though, right? He's 40. Um, he's like a model. He fought Jeff Hughes and Justin Fraser. Justin Fraser was his ultimate fighter win. And then he took basically two years off and then fought uh, Jeff Hughes and won by Scarfold in round one. I don't like his inactivity. I'm going Romanoff here. I am actually pretty high in Romanoff. I want this guy. I think he can take down anybody in division. I don't think his wrestling is that world-class. I think he's so strong and just a gorilla that he could take you down and just... You know what I mean? Like Curtis Blades is the best wrestler, but this dude can just take you down. And when he gets on top, he's a fucking problem. He's got some missions. He's got those Donkey Kong punches. He'll take your neck like the fucking Scranton Strangler, baby. This dude is a fucking savage. Minus 154. I love that number because Juan Espinzino is getting a little love from Vegas. I do see people picking Juan. They think Juan's a little bit more polished with the grappling and submissions. I'm not going to argue with that. I just think Romanoff is a fucking savage i think he's taking this dude down eventually and even on the feet he's kind of a wild man as well but um i just i just i just i'm not gonna bet against i know he's moldovan but i'm not gonna bet against a russian i'm just not gonna do it and send him home send him home home early send him home early alexander romanov boom this is a must bet by the way this is one of my must bets minus 154 that's a great number you're gonna hammer the prop i know it's high it's like minus 320 it's probably gonna balloon up you hammer the prop doesn't go to the distance you hammer the prop romanov finishes you hammer fucking romanov at minus 154 this is my hammer fight baby mc hammer fight all right, next up, Tracy Cortez. Ooh, 8-1 fighting Justin Keish. Cortez is uh, minus 275. Keish is plus 198. Keish, a girl who I think is very talented, just injury prone. She has skills. She has a good stand-up game. She fought Sabina Mazzo and was looking fairly good in that fight and got choked out in the third round. Lucy Padova, she looked pretty good. 
When she came back, she took two years off, came back against Padova. Looked very good in that fight. A fight I got completely wrong. Um, and, and and showed some really good stand-up. Obviously, her her biggest weakness is, is is the ground. However, she's got some really good wins. She's got a win over Randa Marco. She's got a win over Nina Nunes. Formerly Nina Ansaroff. She's got a win over Ashley Yoder. I know that's not the biggest win in the world, but Yoder was 5-1 at the time. Dropped a loss to Felice Herring and Jun Young Kim. Decision split. The girl's only been finished once by Mazza in the third round. Was, she completely gassed. Tracy Cortez, this is this is the darling of the MMA world. She's very attractive. She's very young. Not very young. She's 27, but she's a killer in there. She's a savage. This girl could be a, a real, real star. Problem is she hasn't really fought, um, you know, a, a ton of talent. A Maria Acapalvo, who is a savage, who looked really good on the contender series. She beat her, which was probably her most impressive win. She has a win over Aaron Blanchford as well, which I thought I think she lost that fight. That's another good win. Um, and then Vanessa Mello and then Stephanie Egger. I'm going to take this back. Tracy Cortez has got some good wins. She's fought some good girls. So I'm going to go completely backtrack my thing. I didn't tape study this fight all that much because I thought I was very familiar with, with Tracy Cortez because I just I just tape studied Aaron Blansford. I just watched that fight. But I was dead wrong. Tracy Cortez has, has fought some really, really good girls. Um, I'm taking Cortez here, minus 275. I don't love the line. Obviously, that is high for a women's fight for me, but I can fucks with it. I can fucks with it. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going to take Tracy Cortez right there. Bill Algio, Ricardo Ramos got canceled. I had to cross that fight out. One of the fights I'm looking forward to the most. One of the, I was looking forward to, excuse me. Bill Algio was the underdog there. I think Ramos had a COVID thing. Algio, I, I, I love this underdog play there, but obviously that's not, uh, that's not going to happen. All right, next fight. Fight I do not have written down. I do not know who I'm going to pick on this fight. Luis Pena, minus 158 versus Alex Munoz, plus 128. Oh. <sighs> Boy, listen, so I, for whatever reason, I know it's not 2009, 2008, right? I still believe Alpha Male is this elite gym. They're not producing elite talent, right? Cody Garbrandt is still there, but he also goes to Mark Henry. Alex Munoz, I believe, is the wrestling coach there, right? And he fought Nasrat Hapras in his, in his UFC debut, and he lost... Nasrath knocked him around the entire entire cage. Uh, He hung tough, though. And and Munoz had moments, but he just didn't have enough moments. But he hung tough. He showed durability. He literally got smacked around. And then you got uh, Luis Pena coming off a loss to Karma Worthy. He's supposed to fight Drakkar Close, who's fighting on this card. I'm not sure why they didn't make that fight happen again. Another uh, COVID thing. But you look at Luis Pena when you break down this fight, right? Huge. For 155, very tall, very thin, lean, very tall. Has really good counter wrestling. I don't think his takedown offense is super world class, but I think his takedown offense is good enough that he creates scrambles and he's so long that he does have some pretty good chokes. He's a very awkward guy to grapple with. These tall, lanky guys, like a la John Jones, they don't look like they're like these. Well, John Jones looks like a fucking beefcake now, but before when he's, you know, skinny or whatever, they have this leverage to him that, that's very difficult to deal with. And Alex Munoz is very young in his MMA career. That he probably thinks I'm just gonna take this dude down. He could get caught into some shit, right? Um, you but you look at Pena fighting wrestlers. He fought Matt Favola, which I thought he won, but he did get out grappled a little bit. I thought he fucked Matt Favola up on the feet, but he did get out grappled a little bit. Lost a split decision in that. Mike Trezano, split decision, which was kind of bullshit, and they lost a combo worthy. One of those guys were was a wrestler. Matt Favola was the only one that was a wrestler. Combo worthy choked him out, but Pena gas. Pena is now an American top team, left AKA. He's fighting Munoz. This fight is tough. This is very, very tough for me to pick. My boy Timbo, 
who has has been the champ of this podcast for a while. Christian is currently the champ. The guy knows picking, and he likes Pena. And I know he's going to get mad if I don't pick Pena, but I'm going to go Munoz. I don't know why I think these alpha male guys are elite still. I just think this fight's going to be so close. It's going to go a decision. Pena is going to control on the feet. It's going to be hard for Munoz to get in there. Pena is obviously working. He, he's eager to fight. He loves to be in there. Um, fuck. Uh, I'm switching it. I'm switching it. Nope, 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 nope. It's not final yet. I'm going Pena. I'm going Pena. I just had a real, I just pictured the entire fight in my fucking head. And Munoz is a smaller guy, you know, for the division. He's pretty filled out, but he's short. He's going to have a problem getting on Pena's legs. Because Pena's going to threaten with knees. He's going to threaten with punches. And I think Munoz is going to have a problem with that. I think Pena catches him often and early. And I think it's going to be a decision. I think Pena's going to win. There, I did it. I changed my pick. Luis Pena. Not going back. Next up, Abdul Razak Hassan. 10 and 3. He is a plus 290 versus Jacob Malkoon. 4 and 1. Plus 225. Listen, there's no value on Malkoon here. Um, I think he's an undersized middleweight. He got knocked out by Phil Hall's in his debut. He's Whitaker's buddy. He's going to follow Whitaker and fight on Whitaker's cards. Decent striker. Seems pretty durable, except the Phil Hall's fight, right? His fights before the Phil Hall's fight. He seemed durable. He got caught really early in the in the fight. Abdul Razak, uh, Abdul Razak Ahasan, Ahasan, I'm going to call him. He's moving at 185. He's, he couldn't make 170. He missed weight his last two times out. I like to move to 85. Both these guys are a little ballooned up for 85. They probably should be at 70 if they could really commit to the weight cut, but I like it that they're at, they're at 85. I like Ahasan in this situation. I'm going to pick him. I don't love it. I hate minus 290. The best thing I can tell you is the fight won't go to decision, and I think everyone knows that. Everyone's going to hammer that. That's going to be very high. Um, I like Al Hassan though, probably by knockout. I go first round knockout, and then if not, I sprinkle maybe second round knockout, and then and then don't touch it. Because I mean, maybe he'll get in the third, but he hasn't really proved he's a, he's a Carter machine. And we don't know enough about Malcoon. If we're being honest with you, the tape I've seen of him, he doesn't seem great. And Phil Hall's knocked him out so early that we don't really get to see much else. He could be a fucking dog. He could have just got caught by Hawes. But he could be a dog in there. I don't know, but I'm going to go out high. So I'm going to go to the chalk here. Again, a fight I'm not looking forward to betting. I will probably touch some props. Andre Lowski was Chase Sherman. Fight came together a little bit last minute. Um, Sherman was supposed to fight. Who are you supposed to fight there, Chase? Parker Porter. How did I not know that? The guy has a career in steakhouses when he's done. Uh, Chase was fight Parker Porter. Andre Lowski taking a fight on short notice here. He's 30 and 20. That record is crazy. He's a minus one forty two favorite. He's fighting Chase Sherman. Twenty was that twenty eight and eighteen or something? Another oh excuse me, that was Jeremy Seaman's record. Fifteen and six. Chase Sherman plus one sixteen underdog. Another fight I think about Timbo because Timbo is a huge Andre Lowski fan. He's made a lot of money on Andre. Andre's the favorite, which I I completely think he should be. He looked good in the Aspinall fight. The first round against Aspinall, and he was he took some Aspinall shots. And Aspinall is a really quick, light on his feet heavyweight. That moves in and out and, 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 and is very, very good, right? A guy that people are going to be talking about for years to come. And Arlovsky hung with him in that first round considering how old Arlovsky is. And laying at good shots and really buzzed. not Maybe not buzzed. or uh, Aspinall definitely made Aspinall question like, oh, shit. I better watch out coming on this guy. Chase Sherman is just a fucking hard-headed country boy from Mississippi. This dude comes forward decent chin on him. He has been knocked out. Doesn't care. He's just going to come forward swinging, has some good knockouts on his record. Not the biggest power in the world. He does have some power though. And I think his striking is, is getting better. He went to bare knuckle. Wasn't UFC. He went to bare knuckle. Now he's back in the UFC. The guy is tough. He's durable. Um, obviously everyone who's handicapped in this fight, I've heard them all say it. 
Andre should look to take the fight to the ground. When have we ever seen Andre take anyone to the ground? The last time the fight went to the ground with Andre lost, he got choked out with no hooks against Aspinall, right? So uh, that's not an option. Andre's going to stand up with this guy. It's going to be finesse versus a guy who's wading in. And I just, I'm leaning towards Chase here at a, at a plus, plus number. It's two big heavyweights. I'm going to go to a plus number. I'm going to go kind of what my Christian boy does. Not my Christian, not the religion, but Christian. My boy Christian, he likes to bet underdog heavyweights, middling heavyweights. I'm going to go Chase Sherman. I'm going to use the Costello system here. So, um, yeah, I like that as the under. All right, co-main event, Jakar Close. Who wears Jakar Noir? I'm going to say that joke every fucking time. He's 11-2. and two. He's fighting Jeremy Stevens. He's 28-18. Uh, Jakar's plus 100. Uh, Jeremy Stevens minus 122. I got these numbers a couple hours before I record it, so they are fairly fresh. Um, I can, you know, I don't, this is a pick em fight to me, I think, but I like that close is, is the, is the plus number. And I'm going to give you my other half of my mortal underdog. Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs, baby. I'm going to go to your car close here. This is a really tough fight for me to handicap. Jeremy Stevens coming back up to 55. He had 18 fights at 145. Coming back up. He missed weight his last time out. I liked him at 55. He's not the most undersized guy in the world, in my opinion. I think he fills out really well at 155. The problem was is he's fighting against wrestlers who were just a little too big for him. That was his issue. He just kept getting taken down. And he was a little undersized, but he had enough power. I like that he's not cutting weight. He seems to be in shape. He says he's sober now, and there's a, like the interview's coming out. There's a bunch of life changes that has happened. He's, he's, he's been through some shit, essentially. But he's highly motivated, ready to go, and, and I like that. Stevens, I think... Um, Always has that fucking that 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 thing that can really change the fight with that power, right? He's not a submission guy. I think his grappling is pretty good. Um, his defensive skills are pretty good, but it, he's got really good kicks and he's got big big power. But he's a little wild. His technique's not like world class. Jakar close to guy. Last time we saw him was it the last time we saw him against a Benny Dariush where he got knocked out? Was that the last time? Oh, that was the last time. So an amazing, incredible fight against Dariush. A fight where he hurt Dariush. And then just just ran into some shit like Benny does to everybody. But um, Close is, is more of a grappler. I like when he grapples. And his wrestling is good enough. And I think his stand-up is good enough to really mix it in and kind of piss Jeremy off here. Jeremy's best course of action is to really kick Close's legs. Close has got to learn how to close that distance and, and cut that off. And Stevens throws, man. And I, and I see him being excited to come back, cut this losing streak at 155, kind of more of a... You know, like a career resurgence, right? He's sober. He's going through some stuff personally. Back at his original weight class, let's fucking go. He's fighting a guy who's not ranked, and he's fighting a guy that is young enough that only has really one blemish in UFC, that really ugly loss of Benil Darius, who's a top dude, right? And he hurt Benny bad in that fight. Um, I just, I'm leaning close here. This could be my underdog play. Obviously, I got two underdog plays. I just like close at that plus number, right? I was leaning Jeremy earlier this week, and then, and he definitely has the experience, but I was watching closest fights and he's a lot better than because all I remember, and I think everyone remembers him getting knocked out by Darius. But if you watch that fight, it was a very good fight. And so he got knocked out. It was very good. I mean, he heard up Benny and he was winning a lot of that first round and, and he's looked really good outside of that as well. And I just think he's going to mix it up a little bit too much for Jeremy. I think Jeremy is going to be a little bit surprised that close can take him down, even though Jeremy does have some pretty good takedown offense. And, and I think his, uh, striking is good enough to be able to kind of land and get out of the way. And Jeremy just kind of throws all power. So I'm going close there, but I won't, I'll, I, I'm, I'm going to bet it. Cause there's a plus number, obviously. And it's my mortal lock, half mortal lock, uh, half underdog mortal lock, excuse me. 
But I won't be lying if I said I wouldn't mind a classic Stevens just fucking bomb. Like, he destroys faces. Like, he fucked up Josh Emmett, like, when he knocked him out. Like, bad. So, I wouldn't mind a classic Stevens bomb. I'm an old-school MMA guy. Jeremy Stevens has been in the UFC since he's, like, fucking 18 or something. Um, so, I wouldn't mind an old Stevens bomb, but I'm going to go close. All right, main event, Robert Whitaker. Minus 280 versus Kelvin Gaslam, plus 220. Fight that was supposed to happen, never took place. Now we're ha- now we're getting it. Uh, the first time I broke down this fight, obviously, because the fight got canceled the day of, um, I had Kelvin Gaslam. I thought Kelvin at the time was the better fighter. I thought the left hand was a problem. I thought his confidence was there. I thought Whitaker's is a little chinny. He can be hurt. And I think if you get hurt with Kelvin, I think Kelvin can really finish the show. This time around, after the Izzy lost, I feel like Whitaker, it, he might fight better being non-champion, right? Because, like, he went through these wars with some fucking durable dudes, and then he goes to fight Izzy, and just his chin wasn't there. And then he goes and fights. After that, he fights Till, and he looked amazing in that Till fight. That Till fight was a fun fight. He gets rocked in the Till fight, but t- technically speaking, he looked flawless. He looked unreal. He's got that really good weird karate-ish style mixed with boxing and he's also a very good wrestler cardio one point and he's tough his chin could be an issue but he's tough and he in the cardio really helps your chin then you look at the cannoneer fight right he dominated cannoneer for the first two rounds broke his arm fucked him up fucked his eye up got caught in that third round but he uses veteranness if that's a word to kind of really move around the situation and, and, and not get put away in that third a fight that he's cruising through you look at Calvin Gaslam, and he's in, in ever since the Izzy fight, he's had a really, really bad run. He fought Ian Hines last time out. It was a complete wrestling match. Not going to be able to do that with uh, Robert Whitaker. Fought Jack Hermanson. Uh, looked in control until Jack Hermanson heel hooked him. Don't really have to worry about that with um, with Robert Whitaker. Fought Darren Till, which I thought Darren Till won that fight. Very gun shy. That was after the Izzy fight where he got fucked up a little bit. I think he just didn't want to get fucked up. And Till's a very patient guy who will lull you into his kind of fight. And that's exactly what happened to Kelvin. Very low output on Kelvin there. Um, but his last win was Ian Heinish. And I just really wasn't impressed with that win. His stand-up looked very awkward. Didn't look all that quick. He looked like he was undersized for the first time. You, he is an undersized middleweight. But for the first time, it looked like... He could get his punches off. He didn't really commit. He didn't really step in like he did against Bisbing. He, um, you know, when he was knocking guys out with his left hand, he was stepping in and really committing these shots. It's almost like he's not doing that anymore. Um, but he's not gonna be able to use his wrestling against Whitaker. I, I would mind Kelvin, um, trying to take that approach, trying to maybe take uh, Whitaker down or tr- you know mixing up. I just don't think he has cardio for that. This is a five round fight. Kelvin definitely definitely has a cardio. UFC shared the video today where that when they these guys were Ultimate Fighter coaches, and they had to run like three miles in the track or something like that to win the coaches challenge. And Kelvin was throwing up after a mile and was just. I mean, I know he wasn't fight ready, but that should tell you what kind of cardio these guys have. Robert can take it, and Kelvin Kelvin can't push it. Um, so I see a very cardio fight really playing in the uh, in effect here, Kelvin. You can't get the guy out of there. I mean, you can submit him, but Robert's not going to do that. I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think Robert is going to play a really safe fight here, go after Kelvin because he always does. He's going to fuck him up. I think Kelvin's going to be wearing it by the end of this fight. I see could possibly be a late-round stoppage, but I got Robert Whitaker as my mortal locker. I love this fight. That's the only fight this high that I'm going to bet on. I'm going to bet on Whitaker straight here, and, and I like him as a uh, – 
as possibly a late round finish as well. I know DraftKings does that parlay, like Robert Ritter could win plus oh three and a half, and, the, and it could be a plus number. I say hammer that. I just think Robert Whitaker, he's really pulled a 180 on his career. I, I rewatched the Cannoneer fight. I rewatched the Till fight multiple times. And he just looks so smooth and calm in there. And it's almost like the pressure of not being champion is what, what, what he likes. And he's in the main event here against a guy he's already trained for, already prepared for. And, uh, you know, he's already fought tricky southpaws with Till. And that's what Kelvin is. It's just not as long. So I think Whitaker dominates here. I think he wins every round. I mean, I think, I think Kelvin can maybe catch him once or twice. Um, and, and can make things interesting, but overall, it's a Robert Whitaker fight. Again, minus 280, very steep, but I like the number considering I think Robert has earned the number considering what he's done since his Izzy loss. All right, that's it. That's the show. I need you guys to go to iTunes. iTunes and, and, and rate and review me. I just posted on Facebook, right? Like people on Facebook, I never push my podcast with like, you know, Facebook's like high school friends and like family members. And I've, I've posted podcast stuff there before. They know I have a podcast, but I'm not like shoving it down their asses every second. Like, hey, check out my podcast. I'll subscribe. You know, I'm not DMing people it or whatever. You know, just fucking who cares, right? But I really need to get the 30 uh, likes. It's bothering me or 30 reviews um, and, and, and ratings or whatever. It's just bothering me that I haven't got there yet. It's fucking driving me nuts. So please, if you're listening, go do that. I'm giving away shit, guys. I'm giving it away. So please go do that. MMA Tech Podcast on Apple, iTunes, whatever the fuck. Apple Podcast, I think is what it's called. We're on Spotify too, but unfortunately Spotify doesn't have rate and reviews. Or I'll tell you to go do that. All right. And uh, enjoy the fight Saturday. Let's win some money. All right. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, man. Come on, motherfucker, back! Come on! Come on, motherfucker! Escort this gentleman to the door. Come on. Do you see that shit? Good. He's real good. The name is Dollar.